We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Liar. New England standing QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. All right, people, what's going on? Kevin Jones, Striking Gold Podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag. That's where we gamble. We're going to do a post-mortem on the 49ers Super Bowl. I think everyone is feeling a little bit better. As Kyle Shanahan said, everyone's grieving this loss a little differently. And it takes time to process losing a Super Bowl. When you think you're the best team in the NFL and you fall short, and you get the silver medal, you have to come to terms with the silver medal. John Lynch being the good guy he is, talking about memories of the season and random players stepping up in, in a team meeting they had and everyone saying their favorite memory. This team is close together. They're going to be hard to tear apart. We'll get into Jimmy Garoppolo, other Super Bowl quarterbacks who have lost and and how they responded in their careers. Um, yeah, and there's like some random news coming out about Robert Sala. Michigan State wanted him as their head coach. People like the emotion he shows on the sideline. Robert Sala, the legend of his coaching style, is traveling really far right now. This will be the 49ers' last season with him. He will get a head coaching gig for 2021. So Kyle needs to start prepping for that now, whether it's talking to defensive coordinators who may be on the hot seat, who he likes this year, um, They're gonna, or if that guy's already in-house. The 49ers will have a new defensive coordinator a year from now. That's a crazy thing. We're already – this isn't some major move that's happening this offseason. I don't think this is going to be a crazy offseason for the 49ers. 
I don't think this is going to be huge trades. I mean, John Lynch already said it. They had 14 free agents their first season. It was really like a grocery store. They walked in there and kind of picked whatever they want. It's not like that this time around. We're going to get into the salary cap on the back half of this podcast and just talk about some of the moves they're going to make. They're going to cut quite a few players. And Parag has these structured where the 49ers can go from $21 million to $40 million in cap room to even $50 million if they pull the plug on a lot of different players. All right, Striking Gold, yeah, I mentioned we're brought to you by betonline.ag. If you're gambling, make sure you go there. Um, I think after the Super Bowl, I was pretty raw and kind of down on this team. And, I, I, you know, I think it's fair to do that. I think it's fair to act a little over the top after losing a Super Bowl. You kind of take the reality glasses and put them back on and that, this wasn't a terrible season at all for sure. It clouds the future. At the end of the day, the 49ers are in a better position than most teams in the NFC. Um, it, it really does come down to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we start there. The noise most of this week has felt like Jimmy Garoppolo was getting the brunt of the blame. And not Kyle, because everyone realizes that Kyle is you know, a top three play caller in the league. Not the defense. Richard Sherman made one bad play. He did not lose the Super Bowl for this team. And listen, Jimmy G was better than Pat Mahomes, arguably, the first three quarters. It's not like he played a bad game. He was literally one throw away from the Super Bowl MVP, and then you can't take a sack on fourth down. No one was open. This is the problem, is that history is real in the NFL. The 49ers are going to have to kind of defy history. Three quarterbacks have lost their first Super Bowl, and then gone back and won it. And that's Len Dawson of the Chiefs 50 years ago, Bob Greasy of the Dolphins, and then John Elway lost a bunch of Super Bowls and then won them with Kyle's dad, Mike Shanahan. Um, You know, history is not kind to Super Bowl losing quarterbacks. When you lose your first Super Bowl, I don't know, so... Here's a list of quarterbacks who just went once and lost once. Rich Gannon, Jake DeLome, Donovan McNabb. Recently, you have Cam Newton, Matt Ryan. Jim Kelly lost four Super Bowls. My point being is that right now, and Kyle said it too, he hasn't started a lot of games, but right now, Jimmy looks closer to Donovan McNabb and Matt Ryan and Jim Kelly then he does a Super Bowl winning quarterback. However, like if the 49ers defense had another crazy year, Fred Warner had a pick six that game, they win that game. So it's like, it's such a, there's there's a, such a fine line with Jimmy Garoppolo here. One throw is a difference between him being talked about like Steve Young and Joe Montana and he misses his throw and now we're talking about him like Jim Kelly. That's the NFL, the game of inches. It's a cliche, but it's literally true. And that play is just, it's going to burn into our memory a little bit, and they're going to have to overcome that play. But again, think of him at New Orleans. Think of him at Seattle, Week 17. He was really good. The whole 8-0 start, really, he was on his game. He had a couple bad games against Pittsburgh. He threw some picks. Even Week 1, he wasn't good. But Jimmy Garoppolo will get better. I want to end the narrative about Tom Brady. There's no way Kyle Shanahan is doing something that drastic for Tom Brady right now. 
maybe a few years ago, Brady's losing some oomph on his on the football when he throws it. It's going to happen. Like, Father Time is undefeated. He will break down a little bit. You can't take this big of a risk. Jimmy Garoppolo is on his upswing. I don't think he's peaked yet. I think he can improve and will get better and better. We'll have to see what happens on offense. It's going to be a rotating cast of characters, always on Kyle's offense, always undervalued receivers, undervalued running backs. They're going to hope to stumble into their Julio Jones one day. Of course, Kyle wants that. They're not going to build the football team under the assumption. Listen, like Dante Pettis was, it might be a bust, might not be on the team next year, or could Kyle turn him around? I don't know. And that's the thing about receivers and skill players in Kyle's offense. They come and go. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the one constant. Mike McGlinchey is going to be a constant. George Kittle is going to be a constant. But I see receiver and running back for the next three to four years, it it really being like a place where players start their career with Kyle Shanahan. And then do they get really good and leave? Is Kendrick Bourne going to leave? Is someone going to give him three years, $27 million, and the 49ers are like, we have too many big contracts coming down. We have to find our next Kendrick Bourne. We'll get an undrafted guy. That's what this offseason is going to come down to. There's not going to be big trades for D4. There's not, there's not going to be a lot of noise, I don't think, but it's going to come down to who out of our own guys, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, are going to say, who we bring him back? I think there's going to be 10 contingency plans. Okay, we bring back Eric Armstead. We can do this. We can't do that. We bring back Jimmy Ward. We can do this. We can do that. Them and Parag are upstairs right now in the building coming up with all these scenarios. Kyle's probably not in the meeting. Kyle's like, give me the information, and then we'll process it after that. They've probably been working on this all season, and they're ready to go. 49ers have a good grasp of the salary cap. There are other NFL teams who have no idea what they're doing. Chiefs being one of them, they just won a Super Bowl, so you can't say that. But, like, they're up against the cap and having to do crazy moves all the time and making trades. One thing about the NFL, the last five years, there's been a lot of crazy trades. So I don't think the 49ers are a part of those this offseason. However, I think their competitors are. There's teams in the NFC who realize they're behind the 49ers and need to make a couple big moves. You know, the Rams have done it. The Rams did it too much. The Rams have traded away every draft pick ever, <laughs> and they don't know if they love their quarterback, and they don't know if Todd Gurley is a superstar anymore. They're they're going to be good. They're going to be between seven and nine and eleven and five every year with Sean McVay. So that's annoying. You know, what I'm saying your division is not easy. Russell Wilson probably could have won the MVP and would have if Lamar Jackson didn't go Michael Vick video game on everyone. So you have an MVP quarterback and one of the best coaches in the league in your division. It's just going to be super, super tough next season. I think Jimmy gets better, and we'll just have to see what this team looks like. I think it's mostly going to look the same. All the mock drafts I have right now, it's all over the place for the Niners. It's corner, it's O-line, it's even tight end to pair with George Kittle. Another big receiving threat at tight end could be, that could be the next gear for this offense. As much as I love Ross Dwelly, and he'll play too, because they need a blocker, but another tight end piece with Kittle. Let's play Kittle at receiver more. Let's put Kittle in the slot more. And having another tight end with his type of versatility should be on the list. People are going to say, you have Jalen Hurd. Not Jalen Hurts, the quarterback coming out. Jalen Hurd on your roster from Baylor who missed all this year. 
Trent Taylor's had five foot surgeries. I saw Biederman tweet that. Yeah, wide receiver is the interesting position. I'm I'm not for drafting in the first round because you've drafted Debo and Dante. I, and look at Kendrick Bourne. I am more for finding the receiver later at this point. It's just too hard to tell at this. You know, like even Kyle Shanahan, an offensive genius, can't tell which receiver is going to fit his system until he gets them on the field and sees how they work. 49ers have done well, <clears throat> excuse me, drafting O-line and D-line. I, O-line should probably be in the cards. They should probably have a good young guard on this team. Kyle was a part of drafting Joel Batonio. I always bring this up on the pod if you've listened for a long time. Joel Batonio has made two to three Pro Bowls now. He's been he's the longest tenured, tenured Browns player, him and Christian Kirksey, since 2014. Kyle was a part of drafting a pillar for the Browns. <laughs> Joel Batonio has been amazing. I, I don't think he listens to this pod, but we're boys, so shout out to Joel. He's he's a great dude. That's what I, you know, we're early off season. My mind's going to go all over the place, but my inklings right now are for guard. That's that's what my stomach tells me. Look at what happened with Chris Jones in the game, and Kyle's quote in, the, uh, in his press conference Thursday was, yeah, guess what? Every team struggles against these elite guys inside. There's... Chris Jones is an elite guy inside, and he kind of had his way late in the game. <clears throat> I think that's eye-opening enough to consider guard. As much as I think Mike Person and Lake and Tomlinson have overachieved, let's beef this up. You also have Daniel Brunskill. Like, he's he's good. You're not going to bench Joe Staley for him, but his body type is more tackle, but he's gone in there at guard and done some good things. All right, great start to the podcast. KJ with you. Thanks for riding with me during the Chip Kelly days. Now you're with us during... Kyle Shanahan era, year three, ends in a Super Bowl loss. You told me that in 2017, 49ers make the Super Bowl three years from now. They lose in a heartbreaker. I'm taking it. 100% taking it. Get me in that direction. Get my football team on the map. Get us moving in a place to be competitive for a long time. Kyle has done it. John Lynch has brought the building tighter. Other teams are trying to copy this combination of smart offensive mind really good leader as the GM and surround him with Martin Mayhews and Adam Peters, other executives to help make the player evaluations. 49ers have something really good going on in the building. All right. BetOnline.ag news of the week. Yeah, we're going to do a new segment here on striking gold and it's brought to you by bet online. If you're gambling, if you're betting even on the Oscars last night on really anything, go to BetOnline.ag, sign up promo code blue wire, 50% deposit bonus. We love these guys. We rock with them. They come out with the sports lines too. If you're going to go check on, you know, you just like to look at the lines, go to betonline.ag. All right, news of the week. Robert Sala could leave for Michigan State. No, it's not going to happen. That rumor shut down, but this is interesting. So their coach, Mark D'Antoni, resigns. There's been a lot of bad news going on at Michigan State with the Larry Nasser stuff that, that evil, despicable guy, and it's touched the universities. I'm not looking fully into the tea leaves. The guy's burnt out, too. But Michigan State's a tough place to be, too. Robert Sala, they were interested. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go back to college. He knows an NFL head coaching job is in the cards. His stock last last season really, really went up. So 49ers lose Joe Woods. That's the other piece of news coming out of this week. 
He's now the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. How much does Joe Woods matter? We're going to find out next season. And the 49ers are worse in the secondary. We can't say it's all Joe Woods, but losing that mind in the defensive game planning room, coaching tips to other players outside of Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's going to be fine. He's going to handle his own. He's getting older. He's going to play at a high level. What's going to happen on the other side of that field without Joe Woods? And, you know, if the 49ers take a step back next season defensively, which I've already told my boy Mike from Brooklyn, I'm not going to be shocked if they take a little bit of a step back defensively. Is Robert Sala going to get blamed for that? Is he going to miss the next head coaching cycle? That's the storyline in play for the 49ers and Robert Sala. But it's like kudos to him. He's created a character about himself after two not-so-good years and just being around Kyle Shanahan and getting the attention that he does and then just he's a good dude. That Listen, that takes you really far in life. Being likable – and not having a lot of haters means people want to work with you, including football programs like Michigan State and the Browns who don't know what they're about to do next. They see an exciting young coach who's been around Kyle Shanahan. Guess what? Robert Sala, we want you. <laughs> He's in demand right now. I hope he doesn't regret turning these jobs down. I don't think he will. I think a really good opportunity will come his way. The 49ers better not slide from first in the league in defense to 15th. He will get more of the blame than any one person. It'll be the second corner and then him. And they'll have to see what they do with Jimmy Ward. So there's a there's a couple big decisions in play. Um, other news of the week, Eric Armstead dunking on Grant Cohn. Absolutely dunking on him on Twitter. I'm not going to bring up all the tweets, but there was clown faces. Eric's just claiming that he's bored. <laughs> I dunked on Grant, too. It's really hard. It, it seems like he is the court jester, really trying for attention all the time. And, um, you know, he... He predicted the 49ers to go 6-10. and 10. I said 8-8. Eight and eight. Other people had them 9-7. and seven. Some people had 10-6. and six. They overachieved everyone's expectations. It seems like Grants are always, he's always down on the football team. I will never be negative about the 49ers. I will be realistic about what I see as their expectations. If that happens to be a negative circumstance, I'm going to talk about it. I don't have a negative slant to the team like Grant does. Hey, listen, it was funny. Look up Eric Armstead's tweets if you're bored. Um <laughs> he will go after you. He's gone after Sakamoto, too. I'm waiting for him to quote tweet me one day. Uh, he's getting paid, and he deserves it. I don't know if it'll be the 49ers or not. That's probably their biggest decision in the building. If they somehow keep him, I just don't, I don't get how they're going to be able to do the math with Buckner and Kittle. It feels like one of those two needs to be rewarded now with a big payday to show players who are younger than them, like, hey, you do this for three years. In Buckner's case, four, guess what? We're making you a cornerstone piece. You can go buy a mansion. You can go buy a yacht. You can do whatever the F you want because you've given your all to the to the team. So I'm, I'm a fan of, I don't know, figuring it out with Armstead, if you can, but you've got to pay Kittle or Buckner for the locker room, for everyone else to see, for everyone else to have something to work towards. They have all this mapped out. Like That's the one thing about the 49ers I'm not worried about with Parag. BetOnline.ag news of the week. Yeah, I think that's that's it. We can talk about some other things on the back half of the podcast. Um, we will be right back.
All right, welcome back, Striking Gold. Hope everyone's having a good Monday or Tuesday whenever you're listening to this. BlueWirePods.com. Check out the website. Check out the growth of the network. 85 podcasts right now. Unbelievable. Thanks to a couple of you who have DM'd me wanting to be the official stat guy. There's been some other Striking Gold listeners that have reached out. I'm so swamped hiring a full-time team right now. I've got to, I've got to hire those people, and then we're trying to get some more producers, some more designers, whatever your talent is, onto this startup team. It's been amazing. We're going to be announcing a big seed funding round. Well, not big compared to The Athletic, but we're going to be announcing a funding round in the next few weeks, closing it right now. Uh, really one of the most exciting things that has ever happened in my entire life. I started this from scratch. We have investors who believe in this, NFL players. I posted on Instagram, Dion Jones from the Falcons is an investor in Blue Wire. Falcons linebacker, pro bowler, LSU. We're getting some cool connections to LSU and Alabama, taking some cool meetings with CAA, things like that. So Blue Wire, we're making moves, guys. I appreciate you guys sharing this with your followers. Retweets matter. Retweets really do matter. Um, Yeah, so let's get into the second half of the podcast, which is going to be about the salary cap, because I think that's the biggest conversation right now in the 49ers building. Generally in the offseason on this podcast, if you're new to this, we try and Figure out what John Lynch, excuse me, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are talking about in their in their meeting rooms. What what is the number one issue right now? And to me, it is the salary cap. 49ers, um, they can do a couple different things. I think the first thing they're going to look to do is restructure a couple contracts. They're, you know, teams that are amazing. The Patriots, the Steelers back in the day, Packers. You see a lot of this from really good teams. You see different payout structures for the money. Nothing changes on the player's end, maybe a a little bit when they get the money or the kind of lump sum that comes in. But it's the 49ers, um, you know, kind of manipulating the salary caps. They can do a couple things. They'll save $19 million with a Jimmy Garoppolo restructure. I I think it's a no-brainer, and the fact that Kyle's really publicly defending him Jimmy knows he's gotten paid a lot, and I think he's one of those guys that's learned from Tom Brady that knows this is going to buy him so much equity within the locker room and the fan base. People are going to love Jimmy G for taking a little bit of a restructure here. It's actually not that big of a deal. Like, he, he should be doing this. I don't think he's going to be difficult on that. D. Ford could get a restructure. They could save around $10 million. And same with Joe Staley with a $7 million restructure. Um. I don't know. I, you, you'd hope two out of those three at least restructure. And it's, it's going to save a lot, a lot of money. They're going to save $3.1 million by cutting Marquise Goodwin. Stinks to do it. Probably $4 million by cutting Jarek McKinnon. I don't see him coming back. I don't see Kyle being able to trust his health at this point. And it just absolutely sucks. The dude never got on the field for the 49ers. His knee was not right after the first surgery. Oh, man. That... I really feel bad for him because he he possibly could have been amazing. Possibly could have. What am I saying? He I think he's possibly amazing in this offense. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not bringing back Jarek McKinnon. I just can't trust him. Solly T is also a player that they could trade. They can't cut him and get four million, but if they traded him before training camp, the 49ers would clear four million. I don't think they care about saving face on him anymore. I think they, if they could save $4 million by trading Sally T, they have a surplus of D linemen right now. Kind of makes sense. They're in more penny-pinching mode. He, he's kind of been here. 
he was the number three overall pick. You would you would kind of hate to trade him for a seventh round pick, and they might just let him play out his deal. But you know, Sally T does not have a big future here. Where saving four million kind of sounds appealing. That's where the 49ers are at. Like cutting cost is more appealing than like giving players third and fourth chances at this point, and it sucks. Marquise Goodwin will always remember that 2017, right when Jimmy G came on. That December like showed us exactly what the 49ers can be. They pretty much replicated December of 2017 in 2019. And now we're on to 2020, as Bill Belichick would say. Yeah, so that's Parag's, what he's doing right now. I'm sure Jed's in on these meetings. Jed's been around a lot of different coaches and front office structures and is a good listener. And look at this podcast complimenting Jed York three years later. 49ers are in a good place. They don't have to make too many drastic changes. Emmanuel Sanders is the biggest decision on offense. Eric Armstead, Emmanuel Sanders, Jimmy Ward. Not sure who the 49ers really want to bring back out of those three. I don't know. I didn't think they were bringing back Jimmy Ward last offseason. He did do pretty well for most of the year. They did not give up deep plays. You credit the pass rush there. He did give up the deep one in the Super Bowl. Out of those players, if it's me, I'm keeping Emmanuel Sanders because I I don't know who you're going to replace him with, and I know he's reliable. You could sign a free agent who sucks, and we've seen him do it in this offense. You get him on a two-year deal. He's going to want $20 million on a two-year deal. He's a proven vet. That's the price tag. I don't think it's worth risking it. I've got to look at the full list of free agents for wide receiver but I don't think it's worth risking throwing someone else in here. All right, list of wide receivers who are going to hit free agency. A.J. Green, I believe Cincinnati's going to keep him. They're going to need some type of wide receiving threat for Joe Burrow coming in there. A.J. Green made $15 million last season. It's too pricey for the 49ers. He's also he's 32. If you're going to spend that much on a receiver, I'd, I'd want him to be a little younger. Emmanuel Sanders made 11 mil last season total I think he's going to want at least the same with the 49ers so two years 22 million three years 33 is a lot but they could they can make that a team option for the third year and just really have to figure it out later Devin Funches I don't I don't want to drop Emmanuel Sanders for Devin Funches I don't think that's an upgrade at all it it clearly isn't he barely played he made 10 mil last season in Indy Amari Cooper they're not letting him go um, you got Randall Cobb. He had three touchdowns last season for Dallas, 55 catches. No, I mean, Randall Cobb made five mil last year. If the 49ers are going to pin, pinch pennies, it'll be one of these guys. They'll let Emmanuel Sanders go, and then it'll be Randall Cobb or Brashard Perryman, who had six touchdowns last year. Robbie Anderson is a name to watch. I think he he's pretty good from the Jets. He played a ton of snaps last year, 944. He played more than any free agent wide receiver. Demarius Thomas is he's getting uh, he's getting up there. I don't think he can make a difference anymore. Like Philip Dorsett, Nelson Aguilar, these are not guys. Josh Gordon's going to be out. Dwayne Harris. So, yeah, I mean, you got to re-sign Emmanuel Sanders essentially, or you're going to risk hurting this offense. Travis Benjamin is a guy that Kyle's worked with who's hitting the market. So, I mean, ultimately, it's Emmanuel Sanders and probably like a Travis Benjamin 
or a Seth Roberts. I think I 49ers need one more proven guy, even though they brought in Jordan Matthews. He did nothing this year. They'll, they'll let him go, and they'll, they'll try and figure this out. Basically, I'd be a little nervous if they went into next season with Dante Pettis and Debo. Not ready to trust Dante yet. Debo is becoming borderline pro bowler if he figures this out and plays like he did in the playoffs all next season, which I believe in. I believe in Debo, and I believed in Dante too. So NFL, game of inches, game of seasons. Dante Pettis hasn't caught a pass since October 31st. He didn't play this season. I can't trust him going in and being the number two receiver next year. Kyle knows this. So to me, I mean, priority one is bringing back Emmanuel Sanders because it's going to put pressure on the offense because they've shown they've busted on draft picks for receivers. Who are you going to replace them with? That's the big question. You let someone go. Eric Armstead, they can replace Jimmy Ward. Listen, I like Tarvarius more. If they if they have to go this route of Emmanuel Sanders and letting those two defenders go, I think they can figure it out, to be honest. Ronald Blair's coming off an ACL. Kentavious Street... It'll become more of a committee over there instead of just Armstead. They have the pieces already on the team on D-line to be okay without Armstead. They'd have to remain healthy, though, because you lose Armstead, then you lose Bosa to an injury. All of a sudden, wait a second, where's the pass rush from the edge? So it leaves you a little vulnerable, even though D4 has been the, the edge guy, too. And Armstead's been more of a first-down run stopper as an end. He's been a great interior pass rusher too. So it would be a big loss. It would not be a small loss. He had a better season statistically than Jadavian Clowney. I think Clowney missed a couple games, but Eric Armstead, big impact. I think someone's going to give him $60 million over five years. I think he's going to go somewhere like, I don't know who has the most cap room, but that's my prediction. Armstead goes and gets paid and sets up the rest of his life like he should. I don't know if he's going to want to do a franchise tag. Then he fucking he tears his hamstring out or something awful, and then his market value. Like, I hope his agent is advising him. Now that I'm in business and I understand fundraising and when your startup's hot, when to get money and when it could cool off, Eric Armstead's stock is super hot. Get your money, bro. So I, th- I think he's gone. Like the Lions, someone with a lot of cap room is going to be like, yo, he's really good, and he had a great season on tape. Um, yeah, that's the back half of the podcast. Salary cap, Armstead, Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Sanders, they're on a whiteboard right now with Parag and spreadsheets and the data team and projecting who's going to replace these guys. The 49ers are good at anticipating the future. They've been pretty good at their decision-making on the roster so far. Not terrible. Of course they have bust on the team. Every team has bust can't be mad at them if Dante Pettis isn't good. They have George Kittle. They they could have Kirk Cousins. Listen, I don't think Kirk Cousins makes that throw in the Super Bowl. I don't think Deshaun Watson makes that throw in the Super Bowl. Maybe he does. Pat Mahomes makes that throw. Russell Wilson makes that throw. I don't think Lamar Jackson makes that throw in that spot, that young in the Super Bowl. Maybe he does, but there's about five to seven quarterbacks in that spot who can make that throw. Jimmy G's got to improve to be one of those guys with the Super Bowl on the line. He has to make the throw. Maybe the throw needs to be a higher percentage throw. Maybe the 49ers need to look at themselves in the mirror 
in close game situations. I hope every training camp practice and, you know, OTAs, they should be focusing on two-minute and timeouts and live scrimmages with 59 seconds left and you have to go 75 yards. And I'm talking Kyle, too, with the clock. This is what needs to be practiced. They can practice and do their normal scripts, of course, too, but there needs to be an emphasis placed, late-game situations, closing it out, literally putting the opponent on the scoreboard, Ravens, and there's six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Are you going to keep running or passing? Kyle needs this practice, too. These, there's small improvements for this team to make, and it's late-game situations. It's figuring out what to do before the half. Every team has their flaw. That's the 49ers. That's what they'll correct. All right, I thought this was a good episode. We covered a lot. BetOnline.ag. You're going to hear me saying that a ton. And if you're a gambler and you're like, eh, I don't like my current platform, come on over. Come on over. BetOnline is going to be with us all year. You see their logo now on ours. Yeah, we're doing business with these guys, and we hope if you're gambling, you're doing it with them too. All right, Striking Gold, you're going to hear from Robin Kroc this week. I'm going to try and line up interviews. Let's get some more voices in here. Let's talk to John Middlecoff. Let's talk to Evan Silva. Let's talk to Adam Kaplan. Let's talk to some guys about the 49ers, what they think is going to happen next. Big offseason ahead, but not really. Not really. It's the 49ers remaining focused. A couple big internal moves, and then, you know, sit idle, and let's see what happens in the NFC. Some teams have some catching up to do to SF. All right, talk next week. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.